0: Welcome to Tailboard Talk, a 4th Shift Fitcast. The mission of Tailboard Talk and the 4th Shift Fitness is to educate and train fire service personnel to increase durability and decrease the potential for injuries and their associated costs. My name is Chris Morella, owner and founder of 4th Shift Fitness. I'll use my experience as a personal trainer, strength coach, and 15-year veteran of the fire service to deliver tips, tricks, lessons, and information specifically geared towards the health and wellness of firefighters and paramedics. Each episode, you'll leave with immediate deliverables that will improve performance and resilience and keep you in the fight through your career and into retirement. Let's get into it. What's up, everyone? Chris from 4th Shift Fitness. We're out here in the sunroom again. On an 86 or 88 degree day, drinking hot coffee, leaf blowers going in the background. Sorry about that. Air conditioning's gonna kick on any minute now, but stuff's going on inside. But I wanted to get this uh, this episode recorded because I think it's important. I think, and today we're talking about kind of that realistic take on firefighter EMS fitness because I think there's two extremes that we all recognize, and uh, a lot of people fall into like, well, if I can't be one, I'm gonna be the other. Forget it, or uh, Whatever, and I want to identify those and, and let you know it's okay to be in the middle. It's okay to be in the majority, which is not either one of those two extremes and I want to present this idea to you of don't worry about being super super awesome or completely um, at the other end of, of awesome, but uh maybe just be in the middle, like maybe just be not the weak link on your crew or not the weak link in your department or uh, not the weak link of your circle of friends that you hang out with at the fire station that. And I'm going to get into that. Obviously, that's a larger thought, but that will actually set you up for a longer career than trying to be an ass-kicking fire breather day to day. So I want to kind of paint this picture right off the bat of what I'm talking about with these extremes and then being in the middle. And I drew this on a, on a board in front of me. It's, I'm going to try to describe it to you guys, but we have this timeline of sorts, right? This continuum. And on the left side of this continuum, just because that's where I put it, that's like the shirtless um dry scooping crossfit maniac person or you might see them doing crazy workouts and gear and uh all that intensity stuff is way over on the left, right? Now on the other end, way over on the right, is like the dusty mustache. It's like the person who maybe in their mid thirties or maybe even their forties, but they're just uh they're just a blanket covered uh couch compressor or chair compressor. They're they gotta rock two or three times to get out of the recliner. They uh they've resigned themselves to having a bad back or bad knees or bad shoulder or whatever, even though they really haven't had much of an injury to it. It's just they're old and cranky and achy, even though they're half the age they should be for that kind of thing. And they always fall back on like, I could if I really had to. Don't worry about me. And um, that's the other end of the continuum, like the complete inactive person. Now, somewhere in the middle is where I believe a a large bulk of the fire service and the EMS live, right? And that's, that's kind of like the... Yeah, I know fitness is important. I enjoy it sometimes. I don't enjoy it other times. I go through phases where I get in pretty good shape, and then I kind of fall off for a few months. But I know it's there, and I know I can get back to it. I understand it's important, but it's not like one or two on my priority list. It's more like four or five, maybe even six on my priority list. I got other stuff going on. And so, yeah, I'll go running once in a while, and I'll hit some weights. But, you know, leave me alone. That kind of thing. And I see these – these archetypes and these mentalities as I go out and present and as I coach and as I go through my own department, I see all types, man. I, we have a lot of people on the left side that are just ready to rock and roll. And no matter what I give them in our practical sessions or the ideas I give them, they want to add on to it or they want more or they want the next kind of thing. And that's okay. Right. As long as we're doing it smart. And then I see people on the other side too, who like, uh, will just not even come to the class or not even participate. And, uh, and I can't judge them because I don't know them, right? But typically what I've seen is people, they they don't appear to be in the best of shape, okay? And they kind of, as soon as they see something coming around that might make them look not stupid, but like um, vulnerable, right, or kind of kind of highlight how out of shape they are or how far they've fallen out of shape, they'd rather just not even look at it. They'd rather just ignore it and remove themselves than they kind of let themselves be vulnerable and um, let me you know, try to maybe give them something to work on or just something um, to benefit them. And I think that comes from the other side. That comes from the left side because they just assume that this fitness guy is coming in and he's going to be hard charging and in your face and he's going to tell you how fat you are and how slow you are and how you should be eating vegetables instead of cookies and all that stuff. And I get that, but I think that's a product of that that social media left side craziness thing. Um, and I don't want to be that, right? I don't want to be that at all because that's not how I am. Necessarily, like I enjoy, I enjoy fitness. I, I enjoy training. I enjoy lifting heavy. I enjoy kind of grinding through and and working hard and and uh, challenging myself. Like I just enjoy that stuff. I got into coaching because I enjoy the technical side of it. I enjoy the coaching side of it and I enjoy the mentorship side of it and all that stuff. But I'm also not going to the CrossFit Games, right? I don't take my shirt off when I work out, especially not if I'm going to film it. Um, I, I consider myself a much more balanced uh, form of the personal trainer slash fitness enthusiast than the stuff that you see on social media. And so I want to kind of put that out there today that, Hey, it's okay. Like we're all mostly in the majority. Let's ignore the 5% of the top and the 5% of the bottom. And let's, let's concentrate on the 90% that's in the middle. Right? So if we look at that long continuum, again, there is kind of a line right in the center. And I'm going to go into this with the, the frequency that I'm going to suggest for just kind of getting going again. But, uh, between the crazy people on the left and the, the absent people on the right, in the very center, there's that line. And depending on which side of the continuum you lean, you're either going to lean towards the left and towards the maniac people and just kind of maintain, right? You might be like uh, two degrees to the left, and you might just maintain for your long career. Or you might be two or three degrees to the right, and you're going to have a slow decline. And that's like when you look back, at When you got hired, there might be a picture of you shaking hands in a city council meeting or, or with the, uh, the clerk. And you're going to be like, man, since then, I've really bolted on a belly. Or like, where'd my second and third chin come from? I didn't know I held those when I got hired. And you didn't. But it's been a slow decline. You might not notice it because it happens so gradually over, over decades, truly, right, over our career. Um, and depending how far away you're from that center, the faster that stuff goes, right? You can absolutely improve your fitness over 20 or 30 years, depending on how, what what shape you come on on the job, or you can decline rapidly, right? And we've, we've all seen both of those things too. We've seen people that go crazy into fitness when they get hired, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it carries some pitfalls, right? You might run on the person that is on a slow department that really likes working out hard, and then they blow themselves out right before a call, and now their fitness backfired. You know, their grip is shot and their legs are trembling and their back is all achy because they did this crazy workout on shift before a call. Not saying that's the best thing to do, but it happens, right? And then on the other side, you know, I've personally seen, um, you know, we, I've been on calls where we've assisted private ambulances. And uh, the homeowner, who was the daughter of the patient that we had to help lift in the house, the, so the private ambulance called the fire department because they needed more help getting this person in the house and no other private ambulances from their company were available. So we went there, and it was just a two-person crew um, on that private ambulance, and it was a person who probably weighed uh, like 250, maybe 300 pounds. So um, heavy, but also very tall, like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, so just a, a difficult person maneuver through their house, and they were relatively immobile as well. So it was all manual labor getting this person from um, their transport vehicle basically into bed, so through the house and into bed. And we accomplished it, right? We got everything done. We uh, did what we had to do sign-off wise and, and everything like that. But the daughter of the patient made sure to tell the ambulance crew that was there before, like, listen, this is going to be a regular thing. You're going to be taking this guy to appointments and back. Basically, don't come back. Like, send someone else or send a bunch more people because you, you're not able to help me. And that was like, oof, that was like a big awkward moment for us because the person she was talking to was, was large. They were, they were large and, um, you know, they were obese and they were working as a a private medic, as a transport medic. And, uh, that was just a tough moment. You could tell that he was embarrassed and he was very upset. And the homeowner was upset because they're paying possibly out of pocket for this service. And, um, the person that they're paying for was unable to do the job. And I don't mean to, to like shame this guy by telling you the story, but That can happen, right? We've seen that happen with people we work with, or we've seen it happen in neighboring departments where maybe the person, for one reason or the other, just lets himself get wildly out of shape after passing that pre-employment physical or that CPAT, and now they're at a point where they're a liability. And I'm not trying to tell that person they need to be on the other side of the continuum with this talk today. I want to let them know that where they're at it's important to identify that and let's all be cool with it and start making small steps back towards the center. That's all I want. I want that person to be closer to the majority as opposed to closer to the extreme end of um, absent. Okay. So I want to clarify what I said was in the beginning, like maybe just don't be the weak link. Maybe that should be your goal, right? That doesn't mean settle for the minimum standard or or just get hired and then do whatever you want. I think I illustrated that with a story I just told. But what that means is um, it's more of a mindset that will keep you constantly improving depending on your surroundings. Can you hear that chipmunk back there? Jeez Louise. Um, constantly improving. Because let's say you're on a real in-shape crew. Uh, that will make you get better to make sure you're not the weak link of that crew, right? let's say you're on a very inexperienced or out of shape crew just for just to make it easy right You may be able to coast a little bit, but you're gonna help people come up to your level of physical fitness or education or whatever um and as soon as they start raising up right you're gonna raise up too because they're gonna surpass you if you just stay idle so it's not a it's not a mentality of um just kind of let it ride right and don't don't be a liability it's a mentality of don't be the weak link because it be constantly improving and improve everyone else around you so we all get better. Um, and that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I don't mean just settle and just coast, right? Uh, it's gonna. It's also gonna foster maybe a little bit of competition, right? I think that's inherent, inherently inside most of us. But it can help do that if you see someone else getting smarter and or better or faster, more in shape, and you have a mentality not being the weak link. It's gonna foster a little competition, in a good way, in a good way, right? So when we talk about taking a real look at firefighter and EMS uh, fitness and wellness there are some truths and some things to think about because truthfully right and it's probably not isn't a probably isn't like a popular opinion but truthfully we may not use our actual fitness that much right there's plenty of out of shape or obese or uh, partially injured firefighters and medics like that can work 25 or 30 years. Like that can absolutely happen. See it all the time. I mean, you just have to look around, right? You can look inside your department, you can look at neighboring departments. There's people that you might say like there's no way that guy is a firefighter. Then they are and they will they will survive for 25 or 30 years, right? We might actually use our fitness like once every 10 calls, right? So if you're on a busy department, that might be that might be once a day. If you're on a slower department, that might be once every two months, once a month, right? Once every three months, depending on where you work or what kind of calls you're going on. And so that's easy to let that stuff slide, right? You might use your extrication equipment more than you use your actual fitness. Like you might break out the combi tool or the cutters or spreaders or even the struts, God forbid. You might break those things out more than you have to lift someone that's like near a max effort for you or more than you'll have to like really dig in and move hose around, Um You might use the high-rise pack if you're in an area with high-rises more than you use your actual fitness. Ironic, as soon as you use that high-rise pack, you'll be using your fitness, right? But that sets you up to like, oh, if I only use it once every month, maybe it's not that important. You start that slow decline down. I want to challenge that thought, though, by reminding you that that combi tool or cutters or spreaders or that high-rise pack or those struts can sit in your engine for years on end and never degrade realistically, right? They can never, like, lose an edge. You are not that way. You can lose an edge rapidly, right? Weeks and months go by and you're not up to your uh, training regimen. You can feel a difference in that. So you will deteriorate far faster than the tools that you're using frequently. Don't forget that part. Point number two, and I've made this point before, uh, there is a large amount of resources for me if my brain doesn't work, right? If I forget where to go during a high-rise response, or I forget um, what tools to bring as a RIC company, or if I forget uh, what what channel to turn to when we're going out of town or we get to uh, the box level. I have all those resources. If I forget what drug to push or what dosages, I can look that up quickly on my phone, on our uh, SMOs, in the ambulance, uh, my pocket SMOs. We have resources to look all that stuff up. Okay, but if you got to take the high rise pack and go to the 12th floor where I need you to carry this heavy thing or I need you to pull this person out of the bathtub just you and another person can fit there's no resource that you can tap into to get a stronger back instantly or more lungs or more legs in the next 15 seconds before you got to accomplish that task like there's nothing right that's the investment you got to make beforehand because what you have then is what you got and that's it and so that's a hard truth because there's a lot of people that be like, yeah, I might not be the most in shape, but I know the SMOs backwards and forwards. I, I applaud you for that because there's, those are difficult. And after you've been through three or four SMO updates in your career, they all start to run together uh, potentially. Drugs start to overlap each other. Uh, some of you might ask you what drug to push, and you're going to name one from two SMO updates ago and confidently too. Uh, you should know all those things, right? But if you forget them, you got the resources. But if I need you to do something strenuous, there's nothing that I can do besides assign someone else the task, right, to get that thing done in the moment. So those are two lessons, right, that we've all kind of learned. We're going to use our, free, our fitness relatively infrequently potentially, but when we need it, it's got to be there. It's got to be there because there really is no substitute. So what does it take to maintain or build or what's an acceptable level that I think, what's an acceptable level of fitness that will keep you in the majority, right? Not down towards the slugs or the absence and not on the crazy end because you don't want to be that person. I would say that if you can work out purposefully, do something that challenges you three times a week, you're doing pretty good, pretty good. And that's that's me speaking from what I expect for myself, being on a busy department and being up most nights I go to work, um, I usually maybe I'll work out the day after shift, but I'm usually up all night during shift, So I'm pretty tired. and just don't have an interest in it. And then uh, I'll be able to sleep at home. And then that day before shift, I'll usually dig into a workout. That sets me up for three-ish training sessions a week. Let's say we have a shift where I don't go out overnight or just go out once and I feel okay. Maybe I'll push a workout that day after shift. But if you can do three days a week of something that's challenging and purposeful for 20, 30, 40 minutes, I think you're going to, I think you're going to do yourself a lot of good to stay in that majority, right, where we all agree is a decent place to be. It's not going to put you over the end, right? You're not over the edge into crazyville, right, and it's going to keep you from maybe declining, uh, definitely keep you from declining rapidly, and you're going to be closer to that center mark where you can where you can kind of choose to maintain and improve or just kind of stay where you are but stay away from that slow decline. Now, it's important that we recognize that I'm talking about um, – a purposeful workout and a dedicated training session and not just activity because I'll talk to a lot of people that say like yeah I went to Disney World right and I walked around for a week straight um, if you're not used to doing anything that might be a valid a valid substitute for a training session if we're talking about a purposeful program of three times a week I need you to count that as just something you got to do or uh, you know if you're out in the yard pulling weeds all day and cutting down trees. It's up to you to decide, but I would say that's just something you got to do. And you're going to have a dedicated training session on a different day or on top of that. That's just me, right? But keep in mind, we're just trying to do three days a week. So you can always say like, I'm definitely going to get two. I'll settle. Maybe I'll push three or I'll count that yard work session as my third. This is a fluid thing. And that's why we're not using like calories burned or METs or uh, RPE or poundage move or miles ran, because I'm not worried about that stuff. What I'd rather see if you're just getting into it or if you're looking for some place to start is just doing something for an amount of time. And that's what we're gonna start with, right? Just like any other skill or any other task or, or uh, um, scheme or tactic that you've learned in the fire service, First, you learn the stages of fire. You learn the fundamentals. And then you learn what they look like and how they act. And then you learn how to operate inside of them and tactics to deploy inside of each stage. And you learn what not to look for and what not to do during those stages. You know, it's all that stuff. We're building skill on skill and skill. So the most fundamental base of this is just doing something two to three times a week, right? Something that challenges you, something for 20, 30, 40 minutes. And then once you make that kind of something you do, then we can get into specifics. Okay. Now that you're doing that, let's focus it in on this activity, or let's focus it in on this strength training template. Or, hey, I see that you've just been uh, walking, and that's fantastic, because if that's more than you've been doing, I love it, I'm all about it. Let's walk uh, at a uh, determined pace now for that 20, 30 minutes. There's a million ways to go at this thing, but the important thing is that we recognize that if we're looking to maintain, or at least avoid the slow decline, doing for some, doing something purposeful, and challenging for about half an hour three times a week is kind of what we got to do right that'll keep us in the majority that'll keep us away from the crazy people on the left and the absent people on the right so if you need structure right because some people say like yeah that's not going to work for me my schedule is too crazy which is a weird excuse because it's the most regimented schedule almost anywhere you know exactly what days you're working a year from now but i digress um If you need a schedule, then follow the one that I told you of. Work out the day before your shift. The obvious excuse to that is well, I don't want to be sore on shift. Well, you're gonna, okay? You're gonna be sore no matter what. Even if you work out on shift, you're gonna be sore the next day. And you're gonna be like, well, I don't wanna be sore when I go home. Okay, pick a time to be sore, okay? Just pick a time to be sore and live with it. It's only gonna last for the first four to six weeks while you're getting into it, and you'll be less and less sore as you go on. You're going to have more sore days another other when you start to push or try to conquer a new kind of uh, territory in your strength or your your conditioning. But you're just going to be sore. Don't let that get in the way of you making a positive change. Don't worry about, I can't work out when I'm sore. That's like an old wives' tale kind of thing. And I'm not going to get too deep into it. But what that really translates to is like don't crush yourself with a max effort something when you're when you're devastatingly sore. That's what that means but people have taken to be like if you have any soreness at all might as well sit on the couch nah so work out the day before your shift that'll set you up for three maybe even four workouts a week and just do that challenging purposeful thing whatever it is if it's walking cool if it's running great if it's a strength training session awesome if it's whatever your level is at right something challenging for 30 or 40 minutes three times a week Uh, and I think that pretty much wraps it up. <laughs> so like I said, I wanted to to get that out there. If you're in the middle, if you're in the majority, okay, um, good. I'll tell you that's good. I'll tell you if you're working out right now two or three times a week, you're doing good, okay? If you're a nut job that works out five, six times a week, super duper, please don't get hurt, right? If you're completely active, hey, man, all you got to do is two or three times a week, and we're going to get you back up in the majority, Um I understand if you feel vulnerable. I understand if you talked a lot of smack to people you work with about working out, and now you recognize that you need to, and it's a tough pill to swallow to kind of be humble or kind of eat crow for a little bit and uh, put yourself out there. But uh, if you don't feel comfortable talking to your crew about it or people that you ridiculed about it, shoot me a message, right? I will always support someone that cares and wants to make themselves better, always. I might rib you a little bit, right? I might poke you a little bit. That's part of the fun of it, but I'll always support you. So if you don't want to talk to your crew about it, if you don't want to talk to your uh, friends about it because you're just feeling vulnerable or a little bit scared about it, I get that, all right? I've been able to help people in your position in the past, and uh, you can come to me, and I'll set you up with something small. You don't have to do it publicly. You don't have to do it. It's not going to be a big, flashy thing. You don't have to tell anybody about it, but you can start making the small steps you want to to get back towards the majority uh, where we're all kind of comfortable being so you won't be the weak link we can start you down that path without you feeling like you're exposed for trying to make yourself better right so that's it guys if you need anything else please reach out i'm always available to you for shift fit at gmail.com for fitness on all social media and get moving right let's get back to the majority um don't be afraid to do the boring stuff don't be afraid to do the the stuff that doesn't look awesome on social media uh That's what's going to keep us wrong for 20, 25, 30 years, I promise, right? So until next time, if you need something, reach out. Um, Talk to you soon. See if we do these every single week. Talk to you soon. Be a force shifter.